Does it still give you the, hold on. Does it still like tell you like, do you consent to this? It does, yeah. It, allow, okay. it allows me to leave the meeting if I want to. So it's like, Maybe do you we'll want to be this as part of the podcast recording? <laughs> It'll be fun. We don't know what we're doing. It's been like eight months. It has. It has. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Youth Ministry United podcast. My name is Matt. I am joined by Tyler Rowland. I almost called you Taylor Brown. Uh, you are not Taylor Brown because Taylor, not Brown, Taylor Brown is Brown. not with us today. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> at least to us he's at least dead to us. He's, he lost his voice lost his life that's how it works yeah. here in the podcast he is, world he is officially a mute he does not talk he does not have a voice and mm-hmm. graham is not real graham yeah no i was i'm still convinced that graham was a deep fake the yeah. one time i met him on this podcast he was a deep fake yeah probably probably he he probably has the ability to do that knowing graham I mean, Somehow. if I had if I had a beard like that, like, I mean, like I would that would it's got a deep fake beard, so yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, for that's sure, real. that's real. Yeah, well, well, Tyler, it's it's good to be back. It's been it's great quite to be back a while. I think it's been when did we was it October November that we put out our last podcast? Yeah, it was like the middle of November, and then we, we like nothing. We just just radio. And it's silent. like now September. It's I have the... I have been sitting on this Zoom call for seven and a half months, <laughs> just waiting, waiting, just waiting for, for someone us to, to jump come on, on this just... podcast and record. All by myself. <laughs> yeah, it's been it has been ten months. It has been a wild ten months. Um, crazy. Like yeah, well, I think we're all we're all kind of in the middle of transition, which is what I want to talk about on the podcast today. Yeah. What Um, the heck happened? Like what's going on? What the heck happened? Yeah. Um, It's been, it has been, like I said, a wild 10 months. I think all four of us are in the middle of transition in some, some respect. Yeah. Um, I, I stepped out of youth ministry for about 10 months. I'm back in the game as of like last Sunday, back to Uh, the promised land. September 11th was my first Sunday back. Wow. So it was, it was about 10 months, November 7th to uh, November 11th. Dang. Um, so I was out of student ministry. I'm kind of hopping back in, not, <laughs> not knowing what I'm doing again. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but it's, it, no, it's like riding a bike, frankly, I think for a lot of us in student yeah. ministry where you, you know, you do it for so long, you hop back in and it's pretty much, pretty much the same. Yeah, and so, you stepped in. You're doing dual. You're you're kind of doing a dual role in your in your new position, yep, right? Because you're yep. not so just I'm, youth ministry. Correct. So I'm student pastor and then social media manager. So I'm overseeing social media for the church and uh, overseeing student ministry. So nice. So you yeah. get to control all the memes that the church puts out. Yes, or lack yeah. thereof. Or lack. Thereof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lack it just thereof. goes. To, it just speaks to to student ministry, especially. Actually, I don't know if you realize this, or you kind of been noticing this trend as well. But like the amount of dual roles that are coming out, there's a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, youth ministry and young adults ministry or youth and worship, youth and uh, social media. And I think just in the the reality of where we're at in the North American church is we're seeing a lot of that in student ministry of like, Correct. hey, OK, you can do student ministry, but you also got to do, you know, be the janitor and you got to get the senior pastor coffee mm-hmm. and, you know, all those kind of things. Right. And right. so I think that that's a growing trend that we're going to continue to see in youth ministry um call this our you know i'm either prophetic or pathetic um but uh you know i think that's a trend that we're going to start seeing here in youth ministry like your your type of role um mm-hmm. quite often 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think there is some level of that. I, I was having a conversation uh, when I was kind of in the middle of searching with a, a lead pastor and um, he was talking a little bit about the trend he's seeing in student ministry. And I don't, I don't know that I fully agree with what he said. And, you know, he was talk, talking to me about, you know, I, I think 40 hour a week youth ministry is a thing of the past, but mm. I, I would, I would venture to say now more than ever, 40 hour week youth ministry is, is something that should be prevalent in a church. Yeah. Especially yeah. if, if students aren't coming to the building right. on a Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever your context is, where we have to go reach them somehow. Right. You know? Right. Well, I'm I, the, I do I'm think there's the, like dual roles that yeah. are going to pop, start popping up, but I think, I, I don't think it's like a 20 hour a week thing, you know? Right. Well, I'm hearing the same things that, you know, I have people telling me that telling me what you're saying, you know, I think gone are the days of the full-time youth pastor and everything like that. And, and I, I think I, I understand what people are saying when they say that, um, you know, gone are, are the days of just like strictly the youth pastor running only the Wednesday night or, or, you know, something along those lines. Um, I think, yeah, in that, but I think it's gone are the ways that youth ministry kind of has happened. Um, and there's sure. much more of an emphasis on discipleship. There's much more an emphasis mm -hmm. on, you know, I think youth pastors are, are being a lot more intentional getting into the schools and, um, yeah. you know, just the 30 hour a week sitting in the office type, you know, youth pastor, um, you know, I mean, I could, we could be wrong. Hey, like if we're wrong, let us know because, uh, you know, we're wrong quite a bit, but, uh, you know, I, when I think about those things, um, you know, it, I, I do get a little like sweaty in the armpits uh, a little bit when people start talking about it, because, you know, I love youth ministry. I love uh, reaching students. And I believe, you know, when Jesus said the, the workers are or the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He's talking about student ministry. Mm -hmm. And when I hear things like, you know, oh, you know, gone are the days or, or we're moving away from it. Um, I just know, like, as someone who was saved at a youth conference, um, I, I know the effectiveness. I've seen the effectiveness and I'm not ready to just be like, you know, oh, throw the, throw it out and get rid of it or whatever. Um, but I do think that there are some, some changes and some emphasis that we need to make emphasis is, is that plural? I don't know. Um, it's <laughs> like, we need, we need to change like, like our focus in, in, you know, this idea of just like expecting students to come to us because we're mm -hmm. the church and that's what they're going to do. Um, I, I, I don't know that that's going to continue. I think we need to be willing to be uh, missional. Um, and I think in students, in student world, um, especially, you know, as we, we're getting older, we were just talking off air, uh, and, uh, off air sounds weird. Uh, we were just chatting and, uh, and saying how, like, um, you know, as all of us are, we're getting older, we're all in our, you know, thirties and, and stuff like that. And, you know, some of us are transitioning, uh, you know, into different roles and things like that. But like, when we think about like student ministries, I, I'm a missionary. I don't speak the language. Uh, I don't, I don't understand half the lingo, you know, half the, the culture stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but what I know is Jesus and I, I know how to, I, you know, I learn and, and craft myself to be able to preach Jesus to a generation that is no longer my generation. I'm a millennial, right? Like, I, I don't, are I don't you, know how to Are speak. you considered a, uh, well, what do they call it now? Geriatric millennial? Yeah. Yeah. Geriatric millennial. I don't Talk even know why they call it the geriatric. Yeah. 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 Because uh, millennials go, what is like to 84? five it's like 85 86 and i was born in 89 so like i'm on yeah. the on the older yep. older end of the millennials but like yeah like you got 
you know, I'm a millennial. The kids that we're ministering to now are like Gen Z. And some of them now are even like the middle schoolers are like Gen Alpha or whatever they're calling it now. And like mm -hmm. just the culture is different. And so if we don't, as youth pastors, I don't care if you're you're 21 or or if you're, you know, 41, we need to be thinking with that mindset of like missionary mindset, as opposed to just doing things the way that we always did it. Um, but going like, how do I reach this generation, this culture with the timeless message of Jesus? That's what we mm -hmm. do in youth ministry. Yeah. And so as long as we're doing that, um, you know, preaching the gospel in a relevant, not a relative, but a relevant way, um, man, I think, I think no matter where we transition, no matter where we are, um, the gospel is still relevant to everybody's life. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I know the the landscape of of student ministry has definitely changed from what it was. Yeah. Even when I, I know we all first probably started in student ministry, I think uh, the things that uh, like the things that college students used to deal with yeah. are like things that uh, high schoolers are now dealing with. Like middle I've heard, schoolers. Like yeah, yeah, you know, I I've heard I've heard high schoolers use the term deconstruction, and yeah. I've heard you know you know, like fourth, fourth and fifth graders are now like, you know, the average age of like, um, exposure to pornography now yeah, is it's like, like eight to 10, what, eight, somewhere eight, in there. 10 years old. Like, yeah, my, my son's, my son is turning eight this year and yeah. I'm just sitting here going, I got to have that conversation with my son this year. Right. This year. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm like still an 18 year old, but I got to yeah. have a conversation with my son about that because, because of the exposure and, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the landscape has definitely changed, but like, like you're saying, I think uh, no matter where someone transitions to like this message that we are, we are speaking to teenagers today is, is timeless. And, yeah. um, you know, I think, like I said, we've all, all four of us are experiencing transition in some respect. Yeah. I'm transitioning into a role. Um, I know Graham has transitioned. I'll, I'll share this for Graham. I don't think he'd care. Hopefully not. Um, he's no longer a student pastor. Demoted. Right? <laughs> he, he's, he's now a, he's now a campus pastor at a church in Texas. And then, um, you know, we're, we're all in the midst of transition in some aspect. Uh, you yeah. know, I thought it was really important. I think we've touched in the past about trans how to transition well out of a, out of a role, but I kind of want to focus a little bit today on like, how do we transition into a role? Well, yeah. Because I think, yeah, there's some, there could be some similarities between the two, but I think transitioning into a role in some, in some respect looks different than transitioning out of a role. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and even like, so in my context, I'm transitioning uh, into a role uh, in the same church. Right. And so I'm still in student ministries. I'm still running, running high school ministry at my church, but I'm transitioning into the family pastor role. And so I went from just overseeing seventh through 12th grade to now I'm birth through 12th grade. And we have a, a ministry called fight for family, which is kind of our family ministry aspect of things that, um, I'm tasked with revamping and everything like that. And so transition doesn't just mean transitioning into a new church, like in your mm -hmm. context, Matt, uh, or in, uh, you know, Graham is transitioning into a new role in a new church. Um, it, but like, it could be that you're transitioning in your church, right? We just talked about like the, the, all the things going on in, in student ministry and dual roles and everything. There's a lot of churches that are struggling financially out there because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. because of, 100%. you know, you know, all of that. And so I think some churches, are getting creative. The ones that are going like, Hey, we still, you know, student ministry still matters. Kids ministry still matters. 
they're getting creative yeah. in the ways to to keep some of their staff on. So, you know, some of our listeners might be sitting here going, yeah, I, I feel that I'm taking on all these new roles. Um, and how do I balance that? Because I think part of transitioning is your day-to-day flow gets just bombed. Like, yeah. you know, you might have a, a, a way that you go about your day. Your Mondays might look always generally the same. Your Tuesdays look generally the same. And then all of a sudden you go in and you transition and everything's different. I don't know if you've yeah. experienced that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think as far as transition, I thought, I thought, I don't know. I think the way we can kind of frame this conversation is kind of some hacks to transitioning. Well, I think, totally. I think we've, I think both of us have some ideas of what that looks like, but mm-hmm. um, I just think transitioning well will set the tone uh, for for the rest of, of what your ministry looks like. I think if you, 100%. if you, if you kill the transition and I'm talking about killing the transition in a good way, not a bad yeah. way, don't kill the transition in a bad way. Don't yeah. do don't, that. Don't kill it. Don't recommend that. Don't kill it like Taylor. Don't kill it like Taylor. So I, I don't recommend doing that, but I, I think we need to crush our transitions. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. I okay. Think, so let's, let's do that. Let's go. Let's go yeah. into that. What is like, you are in the middle of it right now. Yeah. What is something you're like this is something I'm really working on, or this is something I've done really well as I've stepped in or, or want to do really well. What's your first hack? I think, I think the biggest one for me initially was I wanted to honor the previous student pastor. Well, yeah. Right. A couple of weeks ago we had, there, there was cake for him and I'm, I'm like, no, like I want to honor this guy. Well, it, it, it's, it does a couple different things. It gives us an opportunity to look back on what was, mm-hmm but it also sets a mile marker that there is a transition taking place. I think that was, that, that, that's super important. And and we did that. We did that last night at our, at our student service. Uh, We had an opportunity to, to really honor this guy. And, and basically how that looked was I had a leader. I I thought about opening up to students and saying, Hey, any students have any stories? And I'm like, well, that could be awkward if like no one says anything. And so, you know, I, I talked to a leader. I said, Hey, do you have stories of, of things that have happened in this ministry, um, fun memories. And, and so I, I basically laid a framework out for her and said, I'm thinking like some fun memories, some meaningful memories, uh, some disastrous memories that were like, you know, you look back on and um, in, in the moment they were disastrous, but like at the end, at the end of the day, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, like it's fun. It was a funny memory. Like the time I lost a kid in my first uh, youth ministry event, Um, you know, that was a disastrous memory, but like I learned from it, you know? And so head um, counts matter. Yeah. Head counts matter. Uh, so, so I wanted an opportunity to do that for him. And so it was an opportunity last night for our students to look back on, on those memories and they a lot of laughter, um, a little bit of crying at the end, but you know, I I took the mic after she was done and I said, listen, like, um, the, the, the couple things that have been really evident to me from tonight or that you are really competitive that you love to have fun but more than that and what far outweighs any of that is that you love and you care for people and then we had an opportunity to pray for him and Mm -hmm. so it was just a really meaningful moment last night where we got to honor this guy well to look back at some memories to laugh to cry uh, and then really to just you know, to pray for him and, and the future. Now he's staying at the church, mm. but 
so he's not transitioning out like necessarily he was he was a staff he was a staff member that didn't you know it, it was meant to be a temporary thing for him but um so he's staying at the church so it's mm-hmm. not a staff member transitioning to another role or staff member transitioning out of the church so he's still going to be present and so mm-hmm. i just thought it was important that we honored him well and set a mile marker for transition yeah that's huge cuz what you don't want is you don't want it to become this thing of like well, this is how he used to do it. And this is how you do it. Or that whole game can be exhausting. I remember when I stepped into my first role ever, uh, you know, 21 years old, you know, had all these ideas, everything like that. But the person I was stepping in replacing uh, became the lead pastor, mm-hmm. right in the church, which was awesome. It was great because, yeah. you know, in your situation, you've got the ability to go back to the guy who was in the role before and just like learn from him and, and, and grow from him and um, just be like, Hey, you know, the culture, like, would you explain this part to me? But on the flip side is you're, especially when it's been like a positive situation, like it's always yeah. easy to transition when, you know, the, there was other issues and maybe it was like, you know, the person kind of left and it was um, you know, people were like, Oh, it was time for him to go. But like when he was like a loved person, a dear person, like when I stepped mm-hmm. in to my first role, he was like, the only youth pastor the church had ever known, right? It was a church right. plant. The only youth pastor the church had ever known, loved. And then he stepped into the senior pastor role. My first six months was always like, oh, well, this is how so-and-so did it. This is how so-and-so mm-hmm. did it. And I remember one time finally having to like say to a leader who I dearly love, like is is an incredible leader. But I, I had to say like, hey, I'm not him. That's, I'm not him. Mm-hmm. I am Tyler and I'm going to do things differently we're going to do some of the things i'm going to honor you know i want to honor in that but also like that having that milestone or having that that benchmark of going like hey this is when the baton was passed mm-hmm. um is so important when i stepped into the role in the church that i'm at now at edinburgh um uh when i stepped in i took over for my father-in-law i think i've told that before on a, on a previous podcast so like my father-in-law had been a youth ministry for 30 years um, and he was retiring and everything like that. And so we literally had a chance to like, like he on a Sunday morning was like, Hey, I'm introducing you guys, the new student pastor here at Edinburgh. And he handed me the microphone. It was like an actual mm-hmm. handing the baton moment. Those moments right there where mm-hmm. not only can you honor the person behind you, but they can honor you and pass the baton. Mm-hmm. Those moments are so important. I think so often churches are are always trying to maybe do damage, not damage control. That's probably the wrong word, but like trying to mitigate, you know, all the people's feelings because churches are full of people with big feelings and all that kind of stuff that they, they don't always transition well. Like sometimes it's awkward. Like you're like, wait, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so I think having those moments where there's a passing of the baton or an honoring or a clear, a clear transition is, is going to set everybody up to win, especially if the person is sticking around in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I I had thought of is I want to create as little amount of confusion as possible for our students, Yeah, you know? And so that's why I felt it was, it was necessary for us to have a clear transition point, a clear honoring of him, a clear passing of the baton where students know there is a transition taking place because transition is hard yeah. for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Especially, I think, especially for students, maybe, um, you know, not change, change and transition is hard for everybody, but yeah. um, I, I just want, I just felt it was necessary to create as little confusion as possible in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Well, and it's I think important. 
I think about our juniors and our seniors, right? You know, those your juniors and your seniors this year who've had that previous youth pastor or whatever for all this time, you know, they're feeling a, a different level of grief because they're going, well, I've got, my yeah. life is changing everything like that. And so just, just being fully aware of, of, you know, where everybody's at and having, having the, mm-hmm. the awareness and the being grounded enough in our identity in Christ to where if a senior doesn't like you, yeah, you know what? Sorry, but also my identity is in Christ and it's not whether or not the students like me, obviously I want mm-hmm. the students to like me. I want them to love me. You know, I want to love them back and everything mm-hmm. like that, but also make sure that we're grounded in Christ because yep. those transitions are hard for everyone. And there might be some students that are just like loyal to the other guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm trying to debate whether I should share the story. I'm going to do it. Uh, when I transitioned into my first church, I had, uh, I had a student say to me, you're not really my youth pastor. And, but that, that's where she was like, and I was like, mm-hmm. man, that stings, that hurts. But also like looking back on it now, you know, almost 15 years later, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I was not, and I was never going to be because mm-hmm. unfortunately the reality of stepping in in January of yeah. their senior year, like I wasn't going to be there. Yeah. Pastor. It's an odd time to, yeah. Yeah. And so just understanding, I think when you're transitioning in kind of what you're saying, honoring the the previous person before you, but also honoring those that are there and understanding where they're, where they're coming from and where they're at and not trying to force. And so at that point I was like, Hey, if you need me, I'm here. Uh, yeah. But I didn't try to force myself to be like, you will like me, you know, <laughs> like, right. I just was like, I'm, I'm going to go in. I'm going to be who God created me to be. Then I'm going to lead in the way that I feel God has called me to lead and that the church has hired me to lead in. Um, and I think that, that just having that awareness and that grounding, we have to be grounded in Christ. Mm-hmm. Our identity has to be grounded in Christ because otherwise like students are fickle and students are mean. Like they say mean things, especially yeah. in trans- seasons of transition and when they're feeling unstable yeah. uh, in so many areas. And, and I think that that is, I don't know, that's just something that just came to mind as I was, as you were talking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've, I've got, I've got like one more hack that I'd, I'd like to share, but I, yeah. I want to hear kind of your perspective because you're, yeah. you're not transitioning into a role at a new church. Uh-huh. You're transitioning into a, a, a new role at the same church. Right. So, so what, what are some hacks that you have uh, just like one or two or whatever that yeah. from your perspective are, are helpful for transitioning into a role in the same church? Yeah. So I would say when people are like, yeah, you're transitioning into a new role. Um, I joke, but I'm actually serious when I say I'm, I'm not really transitioning into a new role. I'm just getting more responsibility yeah. uh, and, and a new job title because like a lot of the things that I I was doing, I'm still doing. You're still doing, um, yeah. And then they just added some things on and some more responsibility mm-hmm. and like a few more staff that I oversee. And right. so, um, so I think that uh, the biggest thing, and I, I kind of touched on it a little bit ago, but my hack would be... Um, you you have to let go of your schedule. And what I mean by that mm. is when you step into a new role, when you're transitioning, um, you know, especially for those that I always tell people that I I can I can uh, survive in limited structure or lack of structure, but I thrive within structure. And so routine and structure and and things like that are I, I love that because you know I kind of know here's how my Mondays go. 
Here's how my Tuesdays go. When I, when I stepped into this new role, when I transitioned, um, I really struggled. I was also hiring two staff. So like I immediately like, Hey, here's this new role. Now hire a kid's pastor and hire a middle school pastor. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> but like, as I stepped into the, the role, I realized like my normal flow to the week was all jacked up. It was mm-hmm. like, it was nothing like what it was. And I had to like, in some ways go through a grieving process of like, like, Oh, things are really different. I might not be able to do some of the things that I loved here or whatever, because I had a little bit of margin because I had to fill the margin with a, a couple of different things. And so when I think my, my hack that I would say for anybody transition is uh, transitioning, especially into a new role or, you know, within a church and taking on more responsibility is you've got to let go of the way that the calendar went and, and kind of recreate it. Um, I think that that's been something that I've had to learn um, and also like, I, I, I mean, this is like a super practical hack, but Carrie Newhoff does, uh, talks about like block scheduling. And so it was like, like, Hey, if you, you block here, you block there. Um, especially when you're, when you're transitioning in, things are new and everything like that. Mm. Everybody, I feel like everybody wants to talk to the new guy, right? Yeah. I don't know if you're experiencing this, uh, but you know, walking into a church, everybody wants your time. Everybody wants your ear. Everybody wants. And I think that that's really good. And you need to do that when you transition in, whether it's a new role into a new church, into a new position, you need to meet with people. I think that's one of the best things you can do for the first six months to a year is just, just meet with people. But, but I think that, uh, and I've had to learn this because I've been awful at this. I think you need to protect your time as well. Meaning if somebody says, Hey, can we meet? I used to just be like, yeah, tell me when. And then they would tell me when. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if I can do that or whatever. And so one of the things that I've started doing is just blocking out my schedule. And when someone says, hey, do you want to meet? I go, yeah, I can meet Wednesday, 8 a.m. to 930. And then I got to get out of there and I got to be somewhere at 10 or whatever. Yeah. And start. And because I, I think it's Kerry Newhoff or maybe it's Craig Rochelle. But basically they said is if you don't you know, determine your schedule, somebody else will determine it for you. Oh, and I think so. that as you're stepping into a new role, as you're learning new things, if you're taking on more responsibility, as things are shifting, we've got to be able to like protect our, our calendar in some ways. Um, Not to say like, don't meet with people, but protect the calendar so that you can be effective and function and get your crap done. Because that's one of the things I default to people. I default to, to social things. I'm going to, I'm going to go stand in someone's doorway in the office for way too long because I, I love people and I'm an extrovert, but also like, I need to be like, protect my time and be like, okay, I've got this time where I've got to get this done so that I can be at my best when I'm mm-hmm. with people and in social settings. And so I think, yeah, I think my hack is like, let go of the calendar and then kind of recreate it, but protect it. No, that's good. That's really good. I think, you know, part, one of the expectations here, and I, you know, I know it's not like this at every church. I, some churches are like this, but one of the expectations here uh, for our staff is that uh, we give a tithe of our time above mm-hmm. and beyond the 40 hours a week. And so it's not uncommon for um, on a pay period. Um, and, and we keep, we keep timesheets. So uh, one of the things that we do, it's a level of accountability. Um, it's a level of accountability for the pastor to see if we're spending time in discipleship relationships or if we're spending too much time doing message prep, or if we're spending yeah. too much time doing all, you know, it, it's a level of accountability for our staff. And, um, and so it, it's not uncommon for, for people on our staff to, to be working 83 to 85 hours a week. 
Or, or not a not a, not a week every two weeks <laughs> that was a oh, lot okay don't work 80 hours a week I was like, you're <laughs> going to burn out friend <laughs> yeah don't work 80 hours a week um no you so will like die. 80 83, like 85 hours yeah that's right that's right but but yeah protecting protecting that time i think is important um like one of and i this is obviously i think this is common at every church too um <laughs> having a sabbath you know yeah. I, that's a, super important um, and, and our pastor values that so much that, um, if you're not taking a Sabbath, like you're going to get talked to, you know, mm. if he sees consistently that you're doing work on your Sabbath, um, there, you know, it's important that you do that. So yeah, take, take, take a Sabbath, protect your schedule. Um, you know, I think, I think it's common for, um, and I've heard this, you know, I'm a, I'm a single, single youth pastor, single guy, single, uh, I don't, I don't have like a, a wife. I don't have kids. I've, you know, I've got time that I can spend with yeah. students. I, I have time to do that, but it's important. I think, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you are single in youth ministry, protect your time. Yeah. Um, I think it's very easy for churches to look at you as the the single guy or the single woman that is in youth ministry and be like, well, they've got time. They can do it yeah protect your schedule yeah so important the habits you build now the habits you build now when you're single or when you're young you know i there are habits that i had to break when i you know i stepped in at 21 i was engaged but i wasn't married yet uh no kids and i stepped in and i built habits um you know that they weren't bad they were actually noble i i was pretty proud of you know some of the the hours that i kept and things like that mm-hmm. but they were unsustainable as as life happens. And so I think if you can build, if anything, if if you build any habit as you're transitioning in, which I'll talk about a beautiful time to do it, right? When you're transitioning, maybe you've been at a church for Mm -hmm. a couple of years and you're transitioning into a new one. What a beautiful time to establish a rhythm of rest or rhythm of Sabbath. Like if you come in and and go like, cause you know, I mean, people have expectations and stuff like that, but like you could come in and you can go, Hey, this is my Sabbath. And and nobody's going to question and be like, well, you haven't, you met with me last time on Friday mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can go, no, this is, this is, this is my Sabbath. And you know what? There's beautiful things on Outlook that you can hit snooze and you can go into Outlook or Gmail and you can snooze your calendar mm-hmm. to where it doesn't even ping your phone. Cause like, you know, or you can put your uh, away or what do they call it? Away messages or whatever. And if you put it in there, like literally I started doing it on, on Fridays and Saturdays because those are my, my two days off if you will, Friday is my Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Saturday is usually off unless there's stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I started putting in there and said, Hey, Friday, Saturdays are my out of office days. I'm trying to be present with my family, all that kind of stuff. And I started doing that just recently because again, rhythm. Uh, and, and I can't tell you, like, it's been like four or five people have come up to me and said, Hey, I sent you an email and I really appreciate that you're making your family a priority or That's you're building those habits. in." nobody's like, how dare you not <laughs> respond to my email? Like, like think right. about it in most work settings, right? I mean, this is the uniqueness of being in youth ministry or ministry in general, but in most settings, people don't respond to emails on Saturdays and Sundays, like right. on the weekend. Like if you send an email on the weekend, you anticipate or you expect that no one's going to respond to it. Right. But in ministry, I don't know, maybe it's just my crazy mind, but like I respond to emails like text messages and I was like, yeah. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I got, I got to be able to just put my phone down and not see the ping. And I don't have the self-control to, <laughs> to ignore the ping. So I had to snooze it. I had to turn it off and it's been, it's been fantastic. 
Yeah. Well, I think, I think a lot of us fall into that trap of, you know, we're, we're pastors. We're supposed to care for people. And, yeah. uh, I think that's part of the reason why for a lot of pastors, it's like 100%. easy to, it's easy to, okay, someone needs me. I mean, and sometimes, and sometimes on your Sabbath or an off day, like someone right. absolutely will need you and you need to go tend to it. Yes. Um, if a student gets into like, you know, if a student's in the hospital for something, whatever, yes. like those are things protect your Sabbath, but yeah. there are things that need to, that need need attention and you're going to yeah. need to tend to. We um, have policies and policies are fantastic and, and rules are fantastic, but we also, the Bible calls us to wisdom, right? And right. so like policies are great, but wisdom is better. And so there are yeah. going to be times where you have to choose wisdom and be like, Hey, you know what? This is the wise choice right now Yeah. Um. to, to, you know, and, and that's where we need to follow the leading of the Holy spirit. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, yeah. but protect your Sabbath. Dang it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. So I've got, I've got one more, one more hack as we're kind yeah. of closing down today. Um. Hit me. I, and I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of how to frame this. Here's here's the best way I can uh, here's the best way I can describe this. Okay. okay at my pre at my previous church. Yep. Um, I came in to a role where the previous student pastors. Okay. It was a, it was a dual. It was like two two pastors on staff that were kind of Siamese twins. Right. Yeah. It was Siamese twins. Yeah. Um, one, one of them transitioned into the role of being the associate pastor. Okay. The other transitioned into a role of being the connections pastor. So I stepped into a role where there's two staff members still present. Um, one of the biggest frustrations, and, and I have no problem sharing this. This was uh, uh, one of the, one of the biggest frustrations that the associate pastor who was my, my supervisor had with me mm-hmm. is that I didn't move quick enough on some things. Hmm. Right. And part of the reason I did that was because I felt handcuffed in a sense of like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make a change. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that. And so I think part of the reason that I was slower to act on some things is I didn't take time to get to know the culture. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I I think one of the most important things that you can do is get to know the culture, whether that's meetings with you know, if you're, if you're transitioning into a new church and that previous student pastor is staying around, like in my case, um, as a member of the church, or it's a previous student pastor is transitioning into a role within the church, take time to get to know the culture, talk to them about it, get to know the culture, talk to leaders, talk to key students, talk to families, get to know what the culture is like. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can know where, you know, where you're moving. Yeah. I, and I don't think I did. a. I, I don't, I didn't, I know I didn't do a great job at that at my previous church. Yeah. So. Well, and thinking about it, right. Okay. That, that is genius. And I think for anybody listening regardless, like you need to get to know the culture it kind of goes back to that idea of we're missionaries, right. Is mm-hmm. we're, we have to learn the culture, you know, we don't want to do something offensive or say something offensive right. or whatever. And, and uh, so learning that culture is, is so important. And then also like to piggyback off that and build off of that, um, in, you know, we want to come in and we want to change, we want to change culture. We want, you know, all yeah. the, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't remember where I, I saw it. So whoever it was credit to you, unspoken person. Uh, but they basically said it, it takes about three years to really build a culture for your culture or your like vision to take hold. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, there's a, 
there's a, a, I don't know if I want to call it a trend or just a thing I see. And I've talked with other people about it. I think actually we talked about it with Mark Ostriker on here and brought it up. Um, but like that three, three and a half year mark mm-hmm. um, where people start to like get burned out and they, they, they take off from ministry, whether completely out of ministry or um, they transition or, or whatever it is. Um, oftentimes that's right around the time that you start to actually see things take yeah. place like vision that you've casted and, and, and you, you've, you've worked really hard and Zach Workin, another youth pastor said one time on a podcast, um, we're gardening in a fast food world. Mm-hmm. We're, we're gardening in a fast food world. And, and I think that that's so true is so many people get frustrated about, you know, you transition into a new role, three, three and a half years. You're like, I don't feel like I'm gaining any traction, but actually that's when you just start to gain traction. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when people say like, what's the benefit of longevity in ministry, you actually get to see your vision and your, in your, your, you know, uh, your heart or your passion come to fruition. And so often mm-hmm. I think Satan uses frustration to get us out before we can even see any yeah. of the fruit. Um, you know, we've done all the planting, we've done all the watering, we're tired, we busted our butts. And, and so when, when you learn the culture, right, you, I think you're absolutely right. We got to learn the culture mm-hmm. because it's like studying the soil, right? It's like, okay, I want to learn the culture so I can learn how, like what, how much water do I need to do? What kind of fertilizer do I need to put in? Yep. We need to learn the culture so that it, it, it speeds up the, the, the learning process or speeds up right. the changing and the growing of the culture that, that we are a part of and, right. and just be patient. Yeah. You no. Know? And, and again, as you're studying the culture and you're bringing in new culture, if you don't bring in that new vision and that new culture, uh, you're always building culture, whether or not you're intentionally building culture or unintentionally building culture, that's really the question. And right. so are you, are you put, are you putting in, um, intentionality? Are you putting in vision? Are you putting in the the calling that God has in your, your life into the new, mm-hmm. the new place that you are every conversation in your first year, two years, three years is a culture conversation. Yeah. If you think, go into it thinking like every conversation I'm having is a culture conversation. If we go into that thinking that you're going to set yourself up to win. Yeah, for sure. No, that three, that three, three and a half year mark is, is kind of that sweet spot to see yeah. culture start to shift or mm-hmm. see culture start to, to kind of take root and see change. Um, and I, I remember, and maybe, maybe this is where you heard it. I don't know. I don't know if you listen to the think orange podcast, but I mm-hmm. think Shane, I think Shane Sanchez mentioned this um, just uh, a few podcasts ago um, is, is that three year mark is when you start to see that. Yeah. And, and, um, and frankly, like, I think a lot of youth pastor, well, I, I don't know what the statistics are now, but I think the average stay of youth pastors is 18 months. Mm. That's a, a year and a half later is when you start to see that culture and, and shift right. to start to, right. Yeah. You know, as, is where it starts to click and you need to be in it for the long game. Yeah. Youth ministry is not a sprint. It's, it's definitely a marathon, right? Yeah. Like you need, like, if you want to experience change, if you want to experience culture shift, if you want to experience those things starting to take place, yeah. um, you need, you need to play it for the long game. Yeah. And there's so much, there's so much life in, like I know, like we're talking about transition, right? And and a bunch of us are transitioning into different things, and maybe people who are listening are transitioning into a new place. I, I just want to encourage, like, you know, there's so much benefit to us 
in longevity and ministry. You know, I've I've been in three churches. One, I was there just a short while. One was seven years. Right now, I'm I'm on year five right now in the church I'm in. Um, and and when I think about the opportunity, or year five on the second go around, because I was the intern at this church, but um the opportunity, like this this November, I'm doing a wedding for a, a former student of mine. I've had the opportunity to do like five or six weddings of former students. Um you know, that that is a benefit and an outcropping of longevity and faithfulness in ministry. So um, true. You know, and I'm not even I'm not even at the church that he, he goes to anymore. I was the youth pastor and transitioned out, but like like was there through his whole middle school, high school career right. and and just uh, had longevity within that and had that trust. And um, I benefit from it. Yeah. I benefit from it because I, I get to you know, when I see students, when students are having babies and like, I mean, it's, it's a cool thing to be like, I got to speak a little bit into the life, you know, of that person. Um, and I like to believe that they, I, I always say nothing's wasted, right? Nothing's wasted in that. And so we, we have the opportunity to speak into the lives and play even just a small part. Um, yeah. But the longer we're in it, uh, the more fruitful it is. Uh, you know, what is it? Uh, an apple tree takes three years before it even uh, bears fruit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that oftentimes is is in ministry. And we you, we get into ministry because we're passionate. We want to see God move. We want to see the Holy Spirit do what only God can do. And we want life change and, and everything. And we forget that most oftentimes, <laughs> most oftentimes, we're not necessarily going to see a huge life change in the lives of all of these students. Sometimes God is good and he shows us something or he gives us something, but oftentimes it's years later. It's yeah. years later. No, I love that. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, as, as we're closing out, I think that's, that's the point that I think uh, we want you to take away is, yeah. is yes, youth ministry is about fun. You know, there's fun and games in youth ministry, but more than anything, God has called us to life change. Yeah. And, uh, seeing lives changed, I think is way more important than having fun. <laughs> yeah. Having fun is more, having fun is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that was very redundant, but having fun is, is fun. Having uh, fun is fun. Let's find way. I, I, why I love youth ministry is because we get to fun. We get to fun. We get to have fun yeah. while experiencing life change. It's yep. the best. It's the best job ever. Yep. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. This just, it just brought this to mind. Uh, so we'll leave you guys with this and then we'll sign off. Uh, this has been fun. It be has back. been fun. It's, it's yeah. been fun to be back. I don't know if we have any more listeners anymore, but you know, I'm sure we have a few. I'm sure yeah. Some of them it, are out there. Still. At least Taylor, Taylor and Graham will listen. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I, I want to leave you guys with this. Um, and this was a saying I heard from a, a middle school pastor that I volunteered under. He said, if you, if you play hard and you work hard, you get to pray hard. Mm. So I want, I want to leave you guys with that. So, you know, have, have lots of fun, have fun serving together. But as a result of that, have fun praying together with your students and experiencing life change. Yeah, for real. Good. So love it. Tyler, it's been fun again. I love it. I'm glad we're back. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Hopefully Taylor or Graham will join us next time. I can't wait for the next episode in 12 months. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not going to be 12 months from now. I promise you. Like six it's not going to be 12 maybe. months from now. <laughs> they might be. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, might be. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Hopefully not. Um, like fine yeah. wine. You just age over time, you know, like. 
that's right that's right so we'll see you again in six months guys uh no we'll we'll, we'll see you sooner than that i promise you uh it'll be fun i'm glad to be back uh youth minister united nation if you're still out there we love you um we'll see you next time bye